Are you one of the three quarters of people struggling with a fear or anxiety around public speaking? Do you wish you could communicate more effectively, develop more meaningful relationships, grow your business and access greater opportunities? Welcome to Simon Speaks, a public speaking podcast with me, your host, Simon Day. In this series, I'll draw on my own experience from terrified teenager to UK award-winning speaker and communications coach, as well as speaking to a number of special guests, all with one object in mind, to help you communicate more effectively. Ready to grow? Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Simon Speaks podcast. It's really nice to welcome you to this episode, and I am with possibly one of the most vibrant and sparkly people I've ever come across in my entire life. We've got Pam Burroughs, the people booster with us today. And Pam is a specialist in managing burnout, anxiety, stress, and well-being. And I think that's a topic that we all need a bit more than usual right now, especially in our workplaces and in our homes, if we're parents of trying to homeschool children, which I am. So I'm looking forward to this in a selfish way, as much as the benefit that will be given to our listeners. But Pam, the warmest of welcomes to the episode and uh, give us a little bit of your background, if you would. Oh, thank you, Simon. What a lovely welcome. I feel a little bit overwhelmed by that. I hope I um, uh, stand up to to the introduction. So my background, very quickly, I started as a nursery nurse, so looking after children under eight uh, in social services settings. Then I qualified as a social worker. Then I started training social workers, which is where my speaking career began. And then for a while, I went off into the business world and did some sales and negotiations training. Uh, That was global stuff. And then in 1999, I set up my own business. And so 21 years, I've been uh, a freelance speaker, basically. And over that time, I've I've kind of um, I've been a magpie around psychology and the science of people you know the kind of behavioral stuff and you know why we do what we do and that's really morphed into this fascination with stress and burnout and well-being that's uh, something that I just can't stop thinking and reading about even if I wanted to <laughs> and can you put your finger on an experience or anywhere where that curiosity was first sparked and, and why this topic in particular I think well I'm pretty good at burning out myself I've done it a few times um and I, I often joke when I'm running workshops for people in my introduction, I talk about <clears throat> that my mum taught me how to burn out, which sounds a terrible thing. Um, but the what, what I'm saying is that what your parents or, you know, whoever influences you when you're growing up, what they say and what they do are two different things. So somebody can tell you to look after yourself, to slow down, to take a break, to uh, balance yourself. But actually what what kids learn from is what they see their parents doing so if a parent is self-deprecating if they're um you know doing everything for everybody else and always putting themselves last you know that's that's actually how we learn we learn by copying our role models so my mum taught me to be very kind to other people to be very empathetic to be very hard working all of these things are great and I, I often refer to it as a superpower and that everyone has a number of superpowers but they become a super problem when they're out of balance so I think it was um, I've always had a fascination with people so right from primary school actually I used to be fascinated with how to win an argument and how to get one over somebody you know in a, in a kind of debate a verbal argument 
um I, i've only realized that in retrospect and uh and of course i got told off at school for talking too much now I get paid for it so I, I always enjoy that little turnaround so i think i've always had that fascination I'm, I'm i'm always thinking about what i'm doing and why i'm doing it kind of self-analysis and uh, and the same with other people kind of pondering oh i wonder you know wonder what's going on in their head for them to have said or done that thing and and so um so that meant I, I just kind of kept being fascinated with with the psychology of human beings the more i worked with people the more i wanted to help them so uh, we were talking before we came on to the podcast about how you like to to work in situations where it really pulls on you you know something really urgent and uh, complex to to work on and I think I'm the same I'm, I'm a born fixer and if people are reasonably happy already it doesn't really spark me up the same as somebody in in a bit of a crisis so whenever I was working and came across somebody who was really working so hard steam coming out of their ears you know totally frazzled that would just set off the rescuer in me and, and I'd be like oh what can we do with this so um, part of that, through part of that history that I gave earlier, I started learning about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So I did my practitioner and then my master practitioner. And for me, that was the missing piece in the jigsaw because I'd, I'd coached people and I'd trained people and I'd generally had conversations with people where talking things through had helped. But often there was there was like a piece missing in the jigsaw where somebody might have talked stuff through I'd have helped them to understand it but actually what do I do with the way that I feel like right now how do I deal with how I feel and a lot of counsellors and coaches that I've spoken to say um, they they really enjoy talking things through with people and helping them to have a little light bulb moment but that if a person is very very distressed in that moment there's not an awful lot they can do whereas with the with the NLP techniques that I've learned and then developed over time um, that's that's actually the best time if somebody's really really feeling it in that moment it's it's actually really easy and quite quick to be able to say right but I, I often liken it to gardening it's like if you're going out in the garden and you don't want to have dandelions in your garden um, to find those little shoots coming up is quite tricky but if there's one great big dandelion right in the middle of your lawn it's really easy to get it up by the root and uh, and get that thing out of there um actually i'm not i'm not advocating getting rid of all the dandelions because of course it's the first flower of the season for the bees and the bees are very important but anyway that's that's another subject um where was i so yeah so so when somebody's very distressed um there's loads of things i can do in the moment to just completely turn around the way that they feel and uh i just love doing that sometimes i'm doing a, a workshop with a whole group of people and i don't do this so much now we're online because it's a bit trickier but if i was in a room with people and somebody becomes distressed i just straight away leap in do a quick nlp with them they'd sit there looking like oh my god what just happened I feel so much better within moments and um and then the rest of the room's like oh we're listening to her now there's some credibility in what she's uh, what she's talking about so yeah that was a very short question with a very long answer <laughs> no I, I like that and I agree with so much what you say in terms of the greater challenges in terms of taking on those challenges with people that uh, that are in those moments of crisis they take 
so much more emotional investment on our part to, to work with them and, and coach them. But then the reward is also so much greater. Um, and, and I remember my, my dad was self-employed uh, for, for all his work in life, pretty much. He, he had his first job and then set up his own business. And he, was a, he ran a small insurance brokerage. And, and I could see through his career that he had some really positive moments and some really tough moments and really stressful moments. And, and I remember being quite a bit older and, and talking to him about it and saying, you know, why did you run your own business and not work for somebody else? You know, why did you take that on when it was so much more difficult? And I'll always remember what he said to me. He said, being self-employed and, and working for myself, it's like a roller coaster. And he said, the highs are really high and the lows are really r- low. But if you go on a roller coaster like that, you enjoy the ride more. And I thought that was really interesting, the, the way that he phrased it. And, and now I'm at that point in my life where I'm looking towards possibly wanting to work for myself, you know, longer term in the future. And I've just got that in my mind that it's going to be tougher. It's going to take more from me but it will be more enjoyable and more rewarding because I've put that much more into it. So I, I definitely agree that working with, with people or situations that require that, that greater level of challenge, bring that greater fulfillment. And I think a lot of people miss out on that if, if they're not willing to get their fingernails dirty, so to speak. Um, but tell me a little bit more about uh, what you've been doing over the course of, of lockdown. Cause I know that you've taken on, you, you've gradually, you know, got to a point where you're happy with, with the amount of work that you're doing and, and the traveling is less, but give me some impression of what your, your day to day looks like at the moment. Okay. Well, just, just before I answer that question, just to say my dad was also self-employed for quite a lot of his life. And, um, the times where he had a bit of a go at, at uh, being employed, he didn't last very long. And, uh, so yeah, I wonder if that's another thing, you know, why I'm, why I'm now working for myself that I've kind of, uh, following in those footsteps so what's it like okay so last March 2020 my work just fell off a cliff you know because it was pretty much all in-person training and conferences disappeared uh no money coming in um my partner Annie works with me in the business so she's uh she's always behind the camera never in front of it so she does all the tech and the editing and all of that kind of thing so that meant that neither of us were earning and it was pretty scary and I started doing some free stuff just to offer a bit of stress reduction for the world and um, and then that really morphed into what has now become much more a part of the business so I started doing um, well just just to backtrack slightly f- some friends and I there's about about 50 of us who um, rent a field every summer and we have a a long weekend camping and we have bonfires we have live performances we cook for each other it's just just good it's like a mini festival but just for some friends and it really kind of soothes my soul and sets me up for the whole year so of course in lockdown we weren't able to do that and I thought right I've got to get creative with this how could we do this on zoom (laughs) so um, so those of us that could pitched a tent in our gardens and we had bonfires and uh, I, I opened up my shed and had my um, uh, Annie set up a, uh, an internet cable down to the down to the shed temporarily. And we had our camping weekend and we had the we had the disco, we had the dog show, we had morning yoga, we had all the things that we'd normally have. But it was all online and I thought, well, if we can do that and enjoy it and it worked and everybody loved it. 
I could do a little pampering retreat and teach people um, foot massage and shoulder massage and, you know, how to pamper themselves whilst they're on their own and um, or, you know, in the chaos of a, a family home or whatever their situation is. And we can do that. So um, every month on the last Monday of the month, I run this free spa for um to start with, it was because I knew so many HR people that I was talking to who were my customers, who were looking after everybody else, sorting out all the furloughing and all of that, sick leave and people who were, you know, really struggling. They were sorting everybody else out, but they were really frazzled themselves and probably homeschooling their kids and, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, so I thought, right, HR people, health and safety people, head teachers, teachers, NHS people, there are so many people who were busy keeping everybody else going. So I started running these spas and um, and I've just carried on really. Um, and I absolutely love them. I've got another one coming up on Monday and uh, I just looked just uh, a few minutes ago, 141 people signed up. I have to, I did do them as an interactive Zoom to start with, but now um, I have to do them as a YouTube live stream because we have so many people. And uh, and I love it because people just go, oh, my God, this is the first time I've had a full night's sleep since the start of the pandemic. And, you know, people just just getting so much out of it. So I absolutely love it. So long tail our cat's got, as my mother would say. The thing that's now happening is um, organizations are saying, can we do that for our staff? So where they've got staff who are mostly um, at home, uh, we're, we're doing spas for staff and I'm weaving into it all the science and the psychology that I'd normally put into a standard workshop. But I'm having more fun. I've got my feet in a bucket of bubble bath. It's actually a plastic storage drawer, <laughs> a storage unit. And um, and I do, I'm do. i doing my other standard kind of uh, well-being uh, workshops as well that don't involve bubble bath. But I've weaved the same things into that. So we're doing more practical stuff about getting the stress out of your shoulders from being on the computer all day and probably poor ergonomics because you're sitting at the dining room table or whatever. And um, yeah, and just teaching people loads of techniques for reducing the stress that they've got right now. It's much more practical than I ever did. And it's absolutely jam-packed as well. So where I might have done a full day's workshop where you do all the introductions and then you do a little bit of a warm-up and then you have a little energizer after lunch and, uh, and then you do all the feedback at the end. And, you know, we're just straight into it. So at the moment, I do two, maximum three hours, but mostly two-hour sessions. And I just jam-pack it full of all the practical stuff. And... I'm earning per per session. I'm earning less than I probably would have uh, pre-pandemic. There's plenty of people in the professional speaking association who would say just because it's online, it shouldn't be any less money. But I'm just I'm just like let's let's all help each other. If it means that, for instance, a school or an academy can uh, can get their staff de-stressed and it means I earn a bit less than I would have, then uh, then let's do it. So that's that's how my business is going at the moment and because I work in stress reduction for for the first nine months or so of the pandemic I couldn't work out why I wasn't busy um because I thought you know I really want to get this out into the world I want to help and what I realized was so many organizations public sector and commercial were just trying to just make the very basics happen you know they weren't thinking about training or um 
or anything they were just trying to get the practical things you know is everybody paid is everybody um connecting and now they're realizing especially with the uk lockdown having lasted so long they're really starting to see the mental health impact of where we're at now and they're kind of basically saying we're going to have to do something about this or we're going to start losing people um so um so i'm busy um and i'm I'm working both in terms of running the workshops that I'd normally do, but also um, sometimes with an organization, they do my favorite thing, which is they look at stress properly, which is for me a three, a three part thing. So uh, we look at the, uh, if, if I just do a one-off workshop, we're looking at the individual and their toolkit in terms of stress. If we do the whole package, we're looking at how does the organization have their stress strategy how do they assess it how do they manage it how do they make sure that they're not making stress you know causing the stress um by the way that they manage the organization uh, then what are the what are the managers doing and how do we skill the managers up so that they spot stress and speak to staff in appropriate ways to, to help them with that and and then the other stuff which is the individuals but but when you put all of that together what what happens is you can end up with a complete change in culture so i have something called the care model c-a-r-e and i help them embed the care model so it's appropriate for individuals but also for teams and for whole organizations to to use that well-being model to to actually change the way that you do everything so that it's not about we have a well-being session once a month or um you know we, we make sure everybody gets the cake delivered when we have our team meeting you know that actually it's it's like a stick of blackpool rock it goes through the whole organization so so I'm, at the moment i'm doing a bit of a mix some some one-off stuff um some speaking at conferences where i do a, a you know just a, a kind of keynote within a conference but uh, but also these bigger projects where we're looking at the whole picture and then you can really see the difference you know it actually starts to impact not just for that day or that week that people are sleeping better but it actually changes the way the organization works and that's what really makes me happy mm. i think that's that's so vital because I, I i have worked in schools and academies before where the well-being and stress management often resorts to Rocky Road Fridays where one of your colleagues makes the most wonderful Rocky Road and brings it in and you get to eat a piece, but it doesn't really help yeah. Monday to Thursday. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that, that, that whatever you do to manage the, the stress and well-being should run through the whole organization and should run consistently because, you know, I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day, who's a qualified counselor and, and psychotherapist. And when we were saying that mental health support, coaching, counseling, these kinds of professions in the next three to five years once we see the fallout of all this is going to be the demand is going to be huge and yeah. i think it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's almost preempting it a little bit and, and you seem to have you know certainly worked in it for a long time but you're in that position now where whenever this fallout starts to emerge um i think you're one of those people that's going to be really in demand for for what it is you offer because there are so many organizations that just haven't got it embedded and haven't got the systems in place to be able to help people deal with uh, the, the situation I, I do wonder how many people are going to come out of this with post-traumatic stress disorder um, from yeah. from certainly if they're key workers or they've been at risk for a long period of time and they've just been running off adrenaline to get through this pandemic yeah. when it hits them it's going to yeah. hit hard and and i do worry about that absolutely 
I, I'm, I've been um, studying for a couple of years now around um, the kind of mind-body stuff. And there's a, there's a brilliant book, actually, I'd recommend if people are interested in this, which is called When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. And what he talks about is that, you know, we shouldn't talk about mind and body. It's a mind-body. It's all part of, you know, you don't have a mind without the body and vice versa. So it's all part of the same system. And when you talk about, you know, people running on adrenaline, of course, adrenaline is a painkiller. So you don't notice while the adrenaline's there, it's a bit like a marathon runner, you know, the pain only hits after you've crossed the line and you stop and probably the next morning when, when it all hits you. And so that uh, that fallout, I think, both physically and mentally, you know, the, we're, we're starting to uh, to realise the impact on mental health. And of course, not everybody's asking for help or even realising that they need it. Um, and uh, and the impact on physical health. So all of that's going to have an impact on the function of your heart, um, your liver, your kidneys, you know, all of that. People are already noticing, you know, oh, I've got, I've got a few skin complaints that I've never seen before or I haven't had for a long time. You know, the skin is the biggest organ of the body. There are clues. Um, you know, when early in lockdown, when I had uh, no money coming in and it's all so new to us, you know, even going to the supermarket was just like being in some kind of um, a terrible um, movie about, you know, the end of the world kind of thing. Um, I, I got a twitch in my eye and uh, that's really weird, you know, I started getting ulcers in my mouth, you know, it's all these things are like little red flags. But not everybody's noticing them or connecting them, you know, actually realizing, uh, you know, how, how this is affecting us. Because uh, a lot of the stress is unconscious as well. Just that, you know, nothing's normal. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. And it's one of those things where we're just going to have to, you know, be more aware of those and, and be prepared to say this isn't usual. Why is it not usual? And, and what's happening to me? I, I remember that... Um, I got quite a bad headache, you know, like a hypertension headache in the back of my head when I was had one of my first jobs because I was really struggling at work and I hated my job and it was awful. And I remember it just started as a pain in the back of my head and I thought, oh, maybe I've just done something at the computer or whatever. But I remember it got worse and, and I couldn't sleep and it was going through the night. And there was a point where the only thing that would shift it was I was alternating paracetamol and ibuprofen every two hours for two weeks. And eventually it, it subsided. But I didn't know what hypertension was. I didn't know any. And, and then I looked into it and thought, oh, I must just hate my job that much that it's really causing me a good degree of, of anxiety because I feel trapped and I can't get out of it and I haven't got another job and I've got to provide. And all of that pressure was just sitting on me. And, and finally, you know, I, I took a 50% pay cut to leave my job and, and start again because that was mm. less stressful than doing what I was doing. So yeah. it is about those clues and those signals. And, and I look back at myself now when I was going through that situation and I just think, what an idiot. Why didn't I spot it? Why didn't I do something about it sooner? But yeah. at the time when you're going through it and, and you, you've got it all surrounding you, it's very difficult to look with a, with a bigger lens. So what are some of the things that you recommend in terms of lifestyle, in terms of activities or things that people can integrate into their lives to help reduce levels of stress? Uh, within them have you got any things that you personally recommend from your experience yeah so one of the things uh, that was just mentioning there about um, the body is that we sometimes underestimate when something's happening that is on a, a cognitive level you know we're, we're kind of seeing or hearing the bad news we're seeing or hearing experiencing you know stuff about our families or friends or communities 
all of this stuff's kind of going on in the brain and we underestimate how much that's affecting the body and sometimes being trapped in the body. So I've been um, in the free spas that I'm doing and in the workshops that I'm doing with organizations is I'm actually getting people doing some physical exercises which release trauma from the body. And there's, uh, there's more and more research now. In fact, I've lost my favorite yoga teacher because she's gone off to study this stuff. I'm like, no, you need to give me the yoga. That's, that's what's doing it for me. Don't go off and study it. Um, but uh, yeah, just this whole point about the, what the research is showing is that trauma can get locked in the body. Bad experiences, upsetting experiences get locked in the body. And um, as your mother-in-law will know, it's possible to talk those things through and, uh, and find resolution, find relief from it. But the, but the newer stuff is talking about how we can do that with the body without having to verbalize what's going on. So, you know, sometimes people don't want to use a talking therapy because they don't want to have to revisit the, the trauma or they can't put it into words. They don't understand it themselves. Lots of reasons. And so, so there's a variety of things. And some of the most simple, I call it my magic three. Um, one is you put your hands on your shoulders and you twist left and breathe in and you twist right and breathe out, which is the adrenal twist. Um, it's just, it's like, this is the non-scientific version. It's like taking a flannel full of water and wringing it out. It's like you're wringing the, um, the adrenaline out of the body. And of course, if you've been sitting at the computer all day as well, it's, uh, it's just a, a really good thing. Um, then we do something called camel ride, which is arching the chest forward as you breathe in and then curving the spine into kind of a turtle shell as you breathe out. You do that a few times, which is like cat-cow. If you've done yoga, you'll know on all fours you do cat cow camel ride you can do whilst you're sitting and then the third thing which i always save till last when i'm doing it with with groups is because they feel a little bit daft is you just start shaking so you flap your hands and then you um you bring your arms into that as well you start lifting the shoulders and ideally you stand up and you start shaking your legs as well you just shake the whole body and uh, sometimes I put on Taylor Swift, Shake It Off on YouTube and I shake for the whole song and it makes me laugh at the same time. Florence and the Machine has a Shake It Off song as well. So you can choose whatever your tune is and it just resets the nervous system. I can be angry, upset, desperate, grieving, uh, overwhelmed, exhausted. I can be any extreme emotion you can name. I do three minutes of shaking and I feel absolutely fine. And uh, it's just been the most magical thing for me. And then teaching it to other people has been, uh, been, been brilliant to see, to see them. Um, so yeah, we need to be conscious of how we're built, bringing tension into the body. And then all the stuff that we all know, you know, get outside, walk, walk or run but but at the very least get outside and walk um be in nature do something other than what it is you're doing most of the time so that your brain a different part of your brain's being used and uh find joy you know these are these are absolutely crucial to our well-being and of course we know we shouldn't eat junk we shouldn't drink too much we shouldn't have too much caffeine we know all of that but you're more likely to make those healthy choices if you shake the trauma out of your body to start with and then you're just in a better place because all of that stuff you know um binge watching television instead of having a walk eating junk drinking too much um all of those things tend to happen 
because you're trying to numb the way that you feel. You're trying to um, take the edge off the stress um, or the kind of overwhelm or whatever it might be. So if you if you if you do you know if you release that tension, then uh, you're more likely to make those healthy choices. So so those are those are some of the key things. Um, but but just to very quickly do an overview of my care model. So the C is for compassion, which is about being kind in your mind. Um, so speak to yourself kindly, listen to yourself kindly and act on it. So we were saying earlier, you know, you start to notice those little red flags that you're not okay. Well, do something about them. So that's the compassion for yourself. A is for acknowledging <clears throat> what you've done well rather than what you didn't get around to or what wasn't perfect. So change your expectations upon yourself and start noticing what's going well. The R is for reality. So um, often we'll say yes to any uh, requests made of us because we want to be a nice person and we want to work hard. But the reality is what's the time and energy you've actually got. So you base your to-do list and your yeses and nos based on reality, not intention. And then the E is for energy. So eat, drink, sleep and find joy are the four key things for uh, maintaining your energy. So that's, that's, but the other thing I would say is um, if you find me, Pam Burrows People Booster on YouTube, there's over a hundred videos of different techniques and you could just find the one that you like the best that's either about boosting your confidence or relaxing you at the end of the day i've got a playlist called switch off techniques which is about how you unwind so that you can sleep better mm. those i might have a look at and try because i that that's my time of the day where i struggle with switching off uh, for some reason I, I struggle to get going on a morning but then I, when I get going, you can't stop me. And, and it's really <laughs> frustrating. So I'm going to have a look into that because uh, I think one of the things that um, really uh, struck me and, and has struck me recently is that a lot of the things that we do and can do to help alleviate stress or, or anxiety are simple, but we overlook them and we overcomplicate them or we feel uncomfortable doing them because we think the makers look silly or look childish. And actually, I was talking to somebody the other day about it's it's about this rediscovering your inner child. And once you're in touch with your inner child and what that inner child wants to do and, and does and what that child's passionate about, you you actually do find a lot more purpose and, and fulfillment. So it is the basic techniques. And uh, in terms of not overlooking things, uh, somebody quoted me once, and I've never forgotten the quote. I absolutely love it. They said, in the people who are most productive and least stressed, the discrepancy between what they know and what they do is small. In people that are, have lost purpose and are anxious and, and are, are kind of all over the place, they don't have any structure, the discrepancy between what they know and what they do is huge. And I thought, yeah, that's really interesting because on days where I know what I should be doing, and I don't do it, I feel that absence, I feel that void. Whereas when I know what I should do and I get through and, and do the things that I know will keep me productive and keep me stable, I get to the end of the day and think, yeah, I'm happy with that. And so it, it is almost that inner compass that people deep down do know what they should do and shouldn't do. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the occasional indulgence in in a, an enjoyable habit if you have one, whether it's takeaway or whatever, but it, it's when you take that scale too far one way that you start to feel the the effects of it. So I do resonate a lot with that. And I think uh, there's some really good advice out there. I'm going to go and look at that playlist because I think I need to uh, to use a couple of those techniques. So wonderful. 
well get the kids get the kids on it you know make it a habit the, the two two things about what you've just said about you know that we don't do these things one is um habit stacking so if uh you know one very very simple thing you can do very quickly is to roll your shoulders and take some deep breaths loosen your jaw loosen the tongue just kind of take all that tension out of the head neck and shoulders that only takes moments if you stack that new habit onto something you would normally do anyway so waiting for the computer to load waiting for the kettle to boil waiting for a red traffic light being on hold on the telephone all those moments that could make you frustrated you can you can just do that roll the shoulders take some deep breaths and then the other thing is to um is to <coughs> excuse me is to uh no i've forgotten what the second thing was my brain's gone completely uh is to take your time and then your brain kicks back in um yeah, just, just realizing that a, a little pause in the day is going to make a big difference. So don't go dashing from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Just take a few breaths because the, uh, oh, that was the thing. Because when we, when we minimize the power of a small thing, you think, oh, well, that a quick deep breath isn't going to make much of a difference. We need to remember that your stress didn't come all in one big bucket load. It was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It built up gradually. And that's how we release it a little bit, a little bit, bringing it back down again. So never underestimate the little things which, when stacked up, will make a big difference by the end of your day um, and, uh, and, and stop that stress getting to the point where you think only a bottle of wine is going to do or, you know, what do you mean it says sharing on this bag of crisps? It's nothing, it's nothing to do with you. Get off. <laughs> oh, I love that. The number of sharing bags of Maltesers that had never been shared. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. How can people get in touch with you, Pam? What are the best ways for them to get to you? Well, um, you can find me on my website. I'm about to have a new website. So depending on when um, your podcast is released, I may already have a new website by then, but it will still be pam at pambarose.com. And you will be able to sign up there um, for my Monday motivation message. So Monday mornings at 6am, I send out a little message, a little bit of news uh, and always a video with a little technique on it to, um, to spruce up your week. And um, in there, you'll also be able to find out about free spas that are coming up and all that kind of thing. So you can find the free spa on Eventbrite. But basically, if you put Pam Burrows People Booster into Google, I'm all over the place. I'm like a bad penny. Um, so yeah, connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram. Instagram, I don't do so much. I think it's for young people. Um, but yeah, you can you can find me all over the place. And um, yeah, that uh, YouTube's probably the best place because there's just loads of free stuff on there that you can just use to help you f feel better and the the previous live streams that have been on youtube are on my youtube page as well so you could just get yourself a bucket of bubble bath and 90 minutes to yourself tell everybody else to leave you alone and uh, and spend 90 minutes so you can you can do the um the recorded spas are on there for you to enjoy and learn how to do your own self-massage absolutely amazing we love we love added value and you've added absolutely loads so i'm very grateful to you it only remains for me to say a warm thank you to pamboros for coming on the show today and for everything you've shared we'll put all of your links and all of your details into the show notes below so that everybody can uh, can access those and get through to some of those things that you've described but 
I, I've had a feeling today was going to be full of sparkle and you haven't disappointed. So thank you very much for everything that you've oh, shared. Thanks for having me. It's been loads of fun. You're so lovely, Simon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Simon Speaks, a public speaking podcast with me, your host, Simon Day. I hope that what you've learned in today's episode will help you become a more effective communicator as you put it into practice. You can visit my website, simonspeaks.co.uk, for more information, tips, articles and resources, or to speak to me about working with me as a coach. I'm also available on Twitter and Instagram, at underscore Simon Speaks. I'm on LinkedIn, and I also have a YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Speaks. Thanks again for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing you again next time.